Hello world and welcome to another episode of Into the Blue Zone. Today's episode is brought to you by a plant-based production and with your host Skylar Heyman. Today we have awesome band and family trio, Dale, Patch, and Liam Kroon. Guys, thanks so much for joining the show. I sincerely appreciate your time and may we enlighten the world. You're here. Thanks for having us, Skylar. Yeah. So today we're going to discuss a little bit about your transition in the music world. You guys are an incredible rock band playing most of the 60s, 70s, and now coming out with your own singles. The The newest one was called, what Leaving. is Leaving? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. You dig it? Yeah. Yeah, I do Thanks. dig it. Yeah. Thanks. There it is. There it is. And um, yeah, we're going to talk a little about how we can make a change. And Dale, we were talking earlier about kind of what we need to do to help take action instead of just kind of looking around, being scared and kind of pointing the finger, like accepting some blame for yourself and for your own like lack of action. And then what we need to do for ourselves instead of pointing the finger and like, hey, that person's not doing this or that. Like, why don't we make more change? And, you know, my change right now is trying to connect you guys to the outside world and feel free to share all your wisdom, knowledge and amazing voices and and musical skills in the next hour, hour and a half. Cool, man. So just a couple things to, to get started. Who are you guys? And feel free to share your, your kind of experience and your background. Dale, you want to start father? (laughs) (laughs) I was born a, or a black child in Alabama. <laughs> That's the joke. Bad joke. Steve Martin. Um, I uh, grew up around Toronto and uh, and then moved out west and was in the oil business for twenty years. And when um, when I was in Calgary and started having uh, the boys, um, you know, we were very sports oriented and i also uh on weekends i played some rock and roll with my brother-in-law and a couple other people and and uh music's always just been a huge huge part of things and had the boys on stage when they were three and four years old and put them in piano at five um and uh you know music that's how we we got through life um when we did dishes after dinner we would turn up the music and dance around the living room and uh and um you know it it's just always been present it's always been huge um we would choose the songs uh very carefully before we left on summer holidays that's how important music was so um you know to have them on stage um as much as i could just to get the hours in we always dreamed about being hockey players not musicians um uh but um, you know, the world works in funny ways. And, and uh, it six years ago, uh, the oil business was changing and, uh, and some other personal aspects of our lives were changing. And it was like, do you want to go to L.A. and see how this music thing works? And, um, and we were all just in that perfect timing to say yes to that. So uh, that was six years ago. And uh, it's been a fun, fun six years. Who was your biggest inspiration in the music world? Uh, 
Jeez. I don't even know. I mean, I, I always say my favorite band was uh, Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Uh, David Clayton Thomas, I thought, was the greatest male vocalist I've ever heard um, with the soul and the passion that he sang with. Um, but Stevie Ray Vaughan, uh, Joe Cocker, Neil Young, um, you Seeger. Know, Bob Seeger, uh, you know, the John Cougar even, those were the guys that got me singing the way I sing, which is pretty screamy out there. Don't forget Garth. And Garth Brooks, yes. And Cocker. And Patchley, and what about you guys? Musically? Biggest inspiration besides kind of being maybe funneled by dad here (laughs) in the music industry. He had a little influence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, Dale and my uncle, his brother-in-law, Johnny, were very big musical influences on my life for sure. And they got us listening to the, all the good stuff like Seeger and Mellencamp. And so we were very well versed with classic rock, even as a 10 year old. And we knew all the lyrics to the Doobie Brothers. And that was our album that we put on before we headed to Merrill Lake is the uh, greatest hits, Doobie Brothers' greatest hits, which is just an unbelievable album. Other than that, like uh, for me, John Mayer is a huge, more contemporary one that uh, is quite inspiring. And, um, Maybe uh, James Taylor is definitely there. That's probably the top three. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously those uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Guess who? Burton Cummings is is a big inspiration for me. The way he played the piano, the way he wrote. Um, but I was also more of a uh, uh, R and B soul kind of kind of guy. So uh, a lot of those, like even even Seal, I listened to a lot of Seal growing up. Um, and there was a couple other guys that more recently, maybe uh, Joey Landreth is his name. Um, yeah, I take a lot of inspiration vocally from him. But uh, yeah, I mean, the writing in general of the 60s and 70s have kind of inspired us to to uh, be the musicians and also the, the writers that uh, have something to say and not just trying to sell records and stuff like that. We have we have we have things to say. We have we have thoughts in our head. And like you said, ways that we want to. Um, maybe not change the world, but just inspire change in, in other individuals. Yeah, I've been jamming to your music all evening and your own hits, no covers, and the way you guys express such an upbeat vibe with your music and kind of the upbeat instruments and everything is, is happy. There's light within those melodies. And I saw some of your you know freedom and bravery and courage is kind of the essence of what you guys are thinking about when you're writing songs and obviously when you're singing you're thinking about that uh talk a little bit about what does like the freedom mean to you and the courage mean to you and and maybe like a life experience that like really hone in on on that way of singing it's kind of leaving leaving everything uh six years ago i mean dale had a dale had a good job and he was he was getting paid a lot of money and uh and we had uh, all the opportunities in the world to, to you know, go to post-secondary school or anything like that. But we didn't, uh, weren't necessarily inspired um, by living that life. We wanted to live a different life. We wanted to travel. We wanted to meet people. Um, so I guess that was kind of the beginning of, of taking our freedom and realizing that we can actually do whatever we, we want, even if it is making music for a living. I mean, I think that that lifestyle uh, has kind of been frowned upon and, and some people think it's kind of a, a joke and don't necessarily take it seriously. Um, and, and that's kind of been us uh, 
even more of the inspiration to write about freedom and, and courage and uh, and not giving it a, a crap about uh, what other people think about what your passion is. Yeah, I mean, I'm coaching volleyball, and my dad was like, yeah. I can't believe I paid four years of college for you to coach club volleyball. <laughs> so I get, I get kind of doing your own thing and now trying to create more. Sure. Yeah, a lot of it came from the, the reading to uh, the band name Daring Greatly and Brene Brown and that speech of Roosevelt's. We kind of, it inspired us enough to kind of create a whole brand around it. And we started writing music that kind of, um, you know, connected to those ideals. Yeah. And then freedom from uh, financial slavery, uh, freedom from materialistic, uh, you know, conditioning, uh, freedom from uh, the rat race. Uh, and we can go as far as we want. I mean, freedom from, uh, you know, moving into your own personal sovereignty, um, uh, you know, freedom from uh, worrying about what other people think of you. Uh, because you're an outlier um, there's a it's it's really important it's not just political freedom there's <laughs> there's many forms of freedom or freedom from from shame of failure or anything like that freedom from failure because yeah. everybody seems to be so afraid to fail that they do exactly what they think they're supposed to but uh, yeah I think the failing is is where it, where the inspiration comes from the the breakups the heartaches that's that's where that's where we kind of get all of our lyric writing and inspiration from yeah, the fear of failure is a huge motivating factor for a lot of people and was for myself. And then I just started to like realize if you're not going enough, if you're not asking enough girls out, you're not going to get that failure. You got to shoot the shot. And, you know, like Alan Iverson, I'm a big Sixers fan. Like that guy shot so much and missed so much. And, and life's kind of like a, a numbers game. If you're not going for it and not performing or doing the podcast and failing at it you're not going to learn how to get better at it so that kind of like acceptance of hey the more you go failure is inevitable and that's fine and when you get comfortable with accepting that reality mm -hmm. i feel like you start really growing quicker yeah and and if we if we identified growth as maybe one of our or the only innate desire of all living organ uh, organisms or energies um, if if growth is that one innate desire then we can start studying what maximizes growth and uh, and there there is a theory a mathematical formula it's called the uh, the theory of maximum error which shows uh, in a mathematical graph how we grow a lot more from our failures than our successes uh, through learning and um, and so that really started shifting the paradigm for us to say well then why don't we go out and try to fail as much as we can since we want to grow as much as we can and that makes you look at failure a lot more and then you start really understanding what's underlying in the people who are criticizing you for failing and it's probably identifying their own limitations and their own fears um, and not being able to live fearlessly like we do maybe and uh and so that that's okay to get that criticism because we know where it's coming from kind of thing yeah that's awesome uh i saw you guys have a, a naked picture on instagram from burning man <laughs> yes we do no shame there huh <laughs> where else are you gonna do it yeah how, how, have you been to burning man before or is that your one and only time 
uh, we went three years in a row and we have friends that build a stage and we create a live music camp at Burning Man, which not many of them exist over there. It's a lot of digital music and DJs, which is cool. For, um, but yeah, it was, it was nice to create that kind of space and uh, bring rock and roll to the playa. I've never been. I, I totally want to just go there. And, uh, I recommend it to most people. It's on the bucket list, you know, yeah. way over any other festival that seems more outside the box than anything that exists mm-hmm. sure. and even at the rudimentary level again being uncomfortable uh there's a lot of learning that happens there too and and uh and you're not always comfortable at burning man whether you're naked or <laughs> or whether you're in a tutu or whether you're just dirty yeah and um and all of the above it's not great eating you can't just go to starbucks and get a coffee or a latte or I mean, it's it's uncomfortable 24 hours a day for eight days in a row. And uh, it's hot. And, and uh, again, there's a lot of learning to do when you're stepping outside of your comfort zone. And Burning Man is a great, great way to remind us of that. So can you just explain a little bit to the listeners and to the viewers, maybe give a little wave, you know, hey, the boys of the Daring Greatly Band, just what your role is within the band and what instrument and kind of where you guys have been over, over your career together. Yeah, sure. Um, I, uh, I, I was always just a singer and a strummer of the acoustic guitar. The band needed a bass player. So, uh, I learned pretty quickly, uh, how to get by playing bass while I was singing and we do three part harmony, four part harmony stuff. So, um, that was always coming natural. And, uh, but I always said that uh, my role in the band, my number one role in the band was an enable, uh, to enable and empower uh, their voice, um, the, the 20-somethings that are the next generation that are going to inherit, um, you know, what's going on. And, and, uh, and so it was just really important to, for me to show up for a while to empower and enable their voice. And then once they got to that point to kind of step away and that, and that's what's happening actually tonight's kind of the last show for that. And, um, and then uh, the boys can explode. So you guys are performing tonight together. Yep. This will be Mm -hmm. officially the last show that you're with the group. Yeah. Tomorrow night we're actually at Humphreys uh, in San Diego and, and uh, and I'll I'll probably sing some songs and and maybe play a little bass tomorrow. Uh, I don't know, but I'll definitely sing some songs tomorrow. So tomorrow night will be my official last show. Um, but uh, but tonight is the last show in Fallbrook. So yeah. For now, for now, we're just yeah. we're changing some things up. We've been at it actually seven years now. And uh, Liam was eighteen when we had our first kind of big recording studio experience in Nashville with. Uh, the keyboardist from Leonard Skinner, his name's Peter Keys, and that was kind of our the break that happened that gave us all the confidence to leave and, and put everything aside to give this a go. And there, th- those guys are the reason we came down to California in the first place. And it didn't work out with them, obviously, but they got us here and it brought us to San Diego. And I'm really happy it did because we've kind of planted some roots here and there's a pretty incredibly uh, supportive community here in San Diego. And it's been it's been a lot of a lot of fun and and we'll always have dale kind of in our back pocket you know and when we get to that arena stage and you know the people don't care what we do they just love what we do at that point you know right now we're at a point in our career where we have to be pretty strategic about what we put out and and how we gained the most 
you know, traction with this song or this release. And there's some people and we were all kind of in agreement, and there were some industry people telling us that the, the gray hair, uh, look is not doing us any good in terms of, you know, attraction, especially to the millennials. Uh, and, uh, that is arguable. It's definitely arguable because the story is great. I still love the family band. They, a lot of people didn't think the family band was doing us any good. So it's a continual conversation, but for now we're just kind of going with the energy and, uh, and Dale's just going to take more of a coach role for now until, you know, we get to the playoffs and we throw him in there on the, on the power play and <laughs> he shoots, he scores. He's a hockey man. Dale Crim. <laughs> Stamkos in game Cox. six. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, mean, that's, I love how you have him in the back pocket all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's our Ray Bork now. He's, he's always a healthy scratch. You know? <laughs> yeah. He's come off the bench. That's totally scratch. Healthy. Yeah, that's oh, and, and everyone's first comment usually when they see us is, is, uh, that, that really made them turn around and watch the rest of the show and stay longer than they were going to is the, was the three part harmonies. And I, I think it's pretty, um, pretty, uh, incomparable to, to, to any other vocalist really when you've been singing with your dad and your brother your whole entire life. So it makes a di- big difference. I mean, we all have pretty different voices, which is cool, but we, we know, we know each other's voices well enough that we can accent them and, uh, and we know where they're going. We know what they can and can't do. We know when we need to take a breath. You know, it's 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 pretty cool the 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 connection that we have, and and yeah, that'll never be gone. I mean, yeah, even when we do get to a certain point, uh, we can even do broken down acoustic shows and stuff like that with with just just the family maybe and and Braden, and uh, I think that that has a market as well. Yeah, my buddy Jamie Pete said they're the best three three way harmony ever, and you know I've seen Bob Seger. I've seen the Almond Brothers and, you know, a couple other big names. You guys are incredible and your voices rock the world. And I think the gray hair at Coyote was like the biggest hit. <laughs> so <laughs> For that part of our career, it worked perfectly. I, I've, I've seen you at Coyote many times and at the belly up once. And I think that's the, the argument right there. If you're at Coyote, Dale's in. Yeah. Dale's off the bench. That's the market. Do you feel like Dale, your your ponytail like I used to have dreadlocks, actually, believe it or not. And you could see by the sign I had some really long hair, kind of, you know, just jewing it up, just really long flow. <laughs> Do you feel like you lost a little of the rock and roll vibe without the ponytail? I mean, I felt yeah. like Is I that lost the beginning of the end, Dale. When I when I cut my dreads, like I was like not the dude anymore yeah it, that and also you know we're uh, we're all um native canadian uh, like mo from the mohawks tribes uh so um they have this belief that you'd only cut your hair uh if there was a loss in the family or something like that so um it meant even more to me but um but you know when your hairline gets high and you still got long hair it just, it, it's got to go. And my hairline just kept getting higher and higher as my hair kept getting longer. <laughs> and I was like, okay, now it just looks like I'm trying a little too hard. Turn and, into a mullet. <laughs> yeah, it was just, <laughs> I can't do the mullet thing. Well, you look great with short hair. <laughs> Thank you. A few people can pull off the ponytail and the short hair looks. So. <laughs> God blessed us both. Yeah, right. Yes. So, Patch, what's your role in the band? And, and you got the guitar in hand. Maybe we could get you playing a, in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm mainly in the acoustic guitar player. Uh, I started on piano originally. That's where the base of knowledge for music comes from, and that made it pretty easy to pick up uh, many other instruments. I played clarinet and then alto and then 
eventually moved into soprano sax and that's what I liked the best in terms of woodwind and then uh, I picked up the guitar um, the acoustic and and uh, kind of had a bit of an affair with it and um, didn't actually start writing songs until I was about 19 um, and yeah I guess uh, my role as a singer and a primary songwriter and and uh, brother brother patch um and uh he's 27 by the way i noticed you didn't uh you didn't uh mention your age dale we can keep that <laughs> secret <laughs> That's there you go he's proud yeah, yeah like, <laughs> <Yes. he's younger. laughs> 54 <laughs> um, redefining 54 yeah i'm i'm 24 years old um i i play keyboard um like like patch did we we both took classical piano lessons and that's where the that's where the musical knowledge came from and uh and then I uh, fell in love with the the B three uh, Hammond organ in uh, at the end of high school when we were uh, going to check out some bands locally in Calgary. I uh, yeah, it just kind of made me fall back in love with the keyboard because I kind of got sick of classical music and stopped playing for a while and kind of went to acoustic guitar for a few years while I was going through puberty and and then uh, fell back in love as we needed a keyboard player and I already had that kind of beginning knowledge and. And I just find the organ so so fun to play. So I uh, play a lot of organ and still play piano and some Wurlitzer electric piano. And then I uh, do a decent amount of uh, lyric writing for the band and uh, just kind of starting to uh, come into my own with the uh, uh, musical writing part of it. Yeah, can you talk a little bit more about the writing of your own songs and maybe who writes more or, or what? Yeah, um... Uh, the original process when we were writing our first uh, probably 15, 20 songs was Patch was away at hockey and he, he wrote a lot of riffs in his spare time when he uh, when he wasn't playing or wasn't training or something like that. And he'd send us the riffs and then we'd kind of, a lot of the time we'd work on the lyrics together. Um, Braden and Patch worked on some lyrics together because they were best friends in high school. And then uh, and then I wrote some wrote some lyrics going forward. So, and then just, just more in the past year and a half, this past album, this next 10 songs, next 20 songs have been more collaborative. Still a lot of them starting on the acoustic guitar, um, but a few starting on the piano. And then lyrically, uh, we're, we're kind of figuring that it's, it's a little more fun to collaborate with four minds and see how we can really come up with the best, most inspirational piece of art that we possibly can instead of, uh, trying to take it for ourselves sometimes like especially when we're singing songs and it's hard for patch too sometimes because when he writes the acoustic guitar he kind of has a connection to these to these songs because they were kind of his to begin with right but it's it's been cool that he's kind of opened that up to us so that we can collaborate together and all be really proud of what we're what we're performing every night and uh so yeah um Braden writes a lot of lyrics as well the drummer um, me and Patch kind of go back and forth between the uh, vocal melodies, depending on who's singing lead on that song, and then uh, and then lyrically we've kind of been collaborating. All Dale does a decent amount of lyrics with us too now, so yeah, it's been cool. It's slowly growing. We're still evolving, still still changing every single song. So and now we got a bass player, and he's he's already brought a couple of riffs, and he's he's just a really cool mind, really open mind. So yeah, it's been it's been ever changing. Do you guys have a favorite song of ours? Yep. Uh, I think they're all. I think they're different for for all of us. It's like asking if you have a favorite kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you? <ya? laughs> 
No. Um, my <laughs> favorite answer. song would have to be uh, Give Myself to the World, probably. Like when you're performing that. Yeah. You have such good facial expressions. When you're going, like, <laughs> that one gets uh, the most out of you. Yeah. Yeah. A little, a little possessed or whatever you yeah, call you it. Yeah, you just like go into a different zone. Like you're in the zone mm-hmm. when you're singing that one. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I think it's uh, one of our best put together pieces for sure and it, it fires me up and it fires the crowd up and yeah it almost seems like the feeling you would get if you were to go to church and everybody had their hands up and you were you know there's something incredible about that collective feeling and that song has that effect on people yeah, or special. if you're like me and you go to an eagles game and you're <laughs> going e-a-g-l-e-s eagles and then, score a touchdown and then yeah, you get your heart thing. ripped out of you yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the good thing about music for the most part is it's kind of like guaranteed like joy if you're a, a fan you know mm. going in the audience where sports is like you could lose it's 50 50 <laughs> you could lose a lot you could spend yeah. a lot of money invest a lot of time Mm-hmm. and lose a lot and like going to concerts yeah. and kind of having that lifestyle it's like more happy yeah, that's true more joy like the last pa- padres game we went yeah it, it was one nothing game or something like that and, yeah. and we didn't have anything to cheer about for a whole nine innings yeah, <laughs> yeah that kind of makes it more about <laughs> the experience and less like it can't all be about winning and losing can it when you go to a sports event like as a no, fan it's yeah. like do you really want to invest that much that it's going to ruin your life if the Eagles <laughs> don't win? I mean, yes, Sunday. for a lot of people. <laughs> I know, that's for sure. I don't, all of Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't resonate with that's that. That's why I'm not in Philly. I, I, yeah, it's like I'm more of a mm-hmm. doer and like, yeah, I'll watch and follow. And I had such an upbringing in the Philly sports scene that I was like, oh, I don't really want to live my adult life like that. And, you know, being Committed. Around, yeah, and like ooh, superstitions like having, and stuff like that. Yeah, having a, a week. You know that's bad because you lose a you watch a team lose a football game. <laughs> oh, it sounds a little. It's, it's, it's like a little that. dramatic. Oh, it's, it's like that and year round. You know, four teams. It's like yeah, it never stops. Year, like, never stops. I'm I'm sure you've seen the the movie Silver Linings Playbook. Great movie. Yeah, and he's a, the biggest Eagles fan ever. He bets everything on it. He's, yeah. <laughs> Since we mentioned it a couple times, you guys have any rituals or superstitions as like a band or. Not quite, really. We're not incredibly superstitious. Like loosen up and have fun, smile, and and have a couple beers and take a puff. Maybe a Tokeskis and Tokeskis for sure. We we have a little bit of a pregame ritual for the big shows. Jägermeister and (laughs) put our arms around each other and maybe sing some harmonies and uh, and just make sure that we bring it down to what's really important because it's not about whether you sing a wrong note or this wrong word or whatever it's or whether you win or lose or whether we stage. win or lose yeah exactly <laughs> it's about uh you know we've created this moment and the love that we have for each other that's the thing that's still going to emerge as the most important thing that happens tonight yeah nobody can take away the brother the brotherhood that we've created yeah for sure yeah I feel like I know the answer to the next question I'm about to ask. Have you ever had a really bad show that like got carried backstage <laughs> and then into the home? No, awesome. <laughs> I don't think it's so. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are just so positive, and, <laughs> no. and just you have yeah. every chemistry, and it's not ever going to happen either. By the way, <laughs> silence. <laughs> I don't. I was trying to think. I don't. I don't know. It's uh, very rare that you see us you know screw up badly you know we're, we're pretty decent at even if there is a mighty 
or a minor uh, <laughs> a minor screw up from somebody we're good at um, getting up, brushing yeah. off, and give him a give him a death stare and yeah. kick him in the ass. Just a quick death stare. <laughs> yeah. Well, even belly up, uh, the drummer, the, the the bass drum, yeah, yeah got the, a hole in it, yeah. And so we were playing that, and it and it's in our music video, black and white. And you can see Liam kind of looking back, going, "What the hell's going on?" Because he's only doing this, and half the drums playing. But and we changed out the bass drum or whatever. Took about a minute to do that. Thought he had many, maybe one too many tokskis. About to give him shit. <laughs> so that's the worst thing that's ever happened, probably on stage. Yeah, which is yeah. tough on those kind of stages. It definitely brings your energy down. Like even when you're not nervous before, when you make a big mistake like that, that's when the nerves really hit, and you're like, "Oh." Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Get rid of it pretty quickly. And then someone, maybe the other thing that I'm just, and that was also on belly up stage. Someone got a little too drunk. Uh, not any of us, uh, because that's again, it's never ever hired happened. Hand. A hired hired gun, nameless musician. Uh, yeah, and and again, but that's never happened with us ever. Uh, we just we love it too much. We have too much reverence for the for the whole thing. And we're competitive too. And we're competitive. Exactly. Now that we'll hold each other accountable. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to deal with deal with the guilt. So you guys know who the BGs are, of course. Yeah. Have you watched that documentary and then I mean kind of studied a little bit of like that ego and growth and when you get to the mm-hmm. top and when you're like, you know, the greatest, you know, disco band ever mm-hmm. and you know, ego gets involved, mm-hmm. like have you guys Eagles Metallica? Same. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like, hey, we're getting big, and we want to get really big, and not like that's why you're doing it. It's just the cause and effect of like mm-hmm. being passionate and loving and what you do and being all in. Do you guys forecast like those things happening? Like, it seems like right now you guys are in your twenties, and it's like, you know, you got dad here. You're not like split for a few years, and then it's just you guys with your boys, and then man, we're big, and I want a piece of my pie. Like the BGs kind of really had like a breakup in the documentary yeah. I watched. It was pretty awesome on HBO. I've been told to watch that a few times. I've been meaning to, but I haven't. But there's many cases like that. Like Liam said, the Eagles there are all or the Robins dickheads to each other. You know, like Black we, yeah, exactly, punching each other in the face. And <laughs> we've definitely forecasted that, and we've definitely like almost like moved through it and onto the other side. And we're pretty confident that that kind of shit will never happen with us because. Well, the BGs didn't play in a hockey team, so they don't know how to cooperate like we do. Yeah, you got to drop the gloves and just hash, hash it out. It out. Yeah, there. that's right. <laughs> like, don't be a little gay boy. <laughs> exactly. Take a hit. Just go shirt and like go backstab and then talk trash on each other. Yeah, exactly. That's the way. Yeah, you guys are, are a special group, and um, again, we're we're so happy to to have your music and just your passion in san diego and i'm super lucky to have you guys and liam thanks for getting back to me and Mm -hmm. it's been a few years kind of uh you know watching you guys and it's it's truly amazing um again you're listening to into the blue zone this is a plant-based production and we are going sponsorship free unedited and commercial free and the goal (laughs) is to keep it that way uh i actually just joined kind humans it's like the kind humans movement have you guys heard of that? Yeah. There's like stickers everywhere just mm-hmm. about bringing more kindness and positivity to the world. So I am going to add an affiliate discount link to the description of all the podcasts. So if you're shopping for anything random, feel free to use the discount code Skylar in the description link. 
Okay, let's keep going on. So let's talk a little hockey. All right. Mm. Yes. Did you play ice hockey? You played. We'll start here. Yes. Yes. I had psycho hockey dad when I was a kid, and uh, <laughs> and I became psycho hockey dad when I was a dad. That's <laughs> just how the world works. I grew out of it though. That's how Canada works. That's <laughs> how Canada works. Yeah. No, I, I, all of my dreams were centered around playing hockey. Every single one of them. And, uh, and we always talk about how uh, we wouldn't be where we are musically and as close as we are and everything without uh, understanding the dynamics of how a team wins. Whether it, And sometimes you have the goal scorer and sometimes you have the defenseman and sometimes you have the worst player on the team. And everybody needs to bring each other up to be the best that they can be to win as a team. And hockey taught us that and so many more infinite lessons about everything communication to lift someone up to all of those things so yes i played hockey and uh and uh, a better person for it for sure because it's such a team sport dale played for university of guelph in ontario and then um some senior as well and then he had us in a couple Premier League games. No, he had us when he was 25, me when I was 26. 27? Yeah. Oh, okay. 27th birthday. Oh, right. <laughs> so um, he went right into coaching from there. Like, I'm 27 right now, and I've, I can imagine having a kid or coaching a team. That's for sure. Thought that'll be until my 30s. Having a kid is totally different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I have like hundreds of kids and then they yeah. never come home to me. Yeah, yeah that's, that's really nice. Not, <laughs> that's, that's nice. That's a good call. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to have uh, dad as a coach for sure. He's a bit of a psycho dad for sure, but took some took some steps forward, um, learned some lessons from his father, and, uh, and ended up being like quite encouraging on top of the intensity there is a large aspect of encouragement going on there for the best player on the team and the worst player on the team and his kids and a lot of times his kids got the brunt end of the of the shit when the team wasn't doing well um but you know that's somebody had to be an example yeah every coach's kid i think kind of goes through that and i think i would have rather still would have chosen the experience to have father as a as a coach still so that was really cool and then uh yeah, I made the decision that one year we were talking about before we went live here. Um, I had to decide between volleyball and basketball was right up there too and hockey because it was the year that, you know, as a 14-year-old, um, if you miss out on that next tryout, um, all the all the bantam drafts are happening to the WHL and stuff. And and uh, in Calgary, there's quadrant hockey and there's community hockey. And um, I had never tried out for quadrant because I liked other sports too much. And that was the year I just decided my buddy Colton Sheen convinced me he's like dude you got to come play on this team you're good enough just let's let's take a go at hockey and i had an incredible year and great tryout and i made the team as as a rookie and uh, and from there on i think i was 15 that year and then i played one more year of quadrant and then i left in uh, grade 12 to go play junior um and played four years of junior hockey played for I think 12 different teams. That was a bit of a, <laughs> bit of a suitcase. <laughs> it's hard to crack through. We had a kid, yeah. TJ Brennan, who was like up and down with the Buffalo Sabres. And yeah. He was like it's tough. The best guy in the AHL and then was no one in the NHL. Mm. Yeah. It that's weird. Like such a big jump from the minors. To it's massive. The pro league. It's yeah. Our buddy Mitch Miraz, he had an incredible um, midget career and got drafted to the WHL. I think he won 
did he win one or two Memorial Cups, which are like national championships uh, in major junior, and then got drafted to the Oilers in the very beginning of the second round, like 33rd overall or something. Like every, like just had everything set out, had an incredible early on career. And, and he just retired last year. He had some injuries and, and didn't quite perform the way he wanted to in the AHL and the East Coast League. Like he had an incredible career and, and a lot of opportunity to to be one of the best and it just didn't quite line up you know it's it's tough especially with a knee injury or a shoulder and shoulder injury it's right place right time right yeah. teammates right coaching coaching is yeah. right role i mm-hmm. mean if you're a if you're a corner guy and in front of the net guy and that role's already taken oh, yeah and you're on the wrong team yeah. then it, you might not go anywhere yeah. it's a yeah it's a pretty interesting lottery isn't it yeah any hockey experience, Liam? Yep. Um, <laughs> yep. Same. Same deal. Yep. It was a dream forever, but we played. We played all kinds of sports. I played. Played baseball. Um, a lot of baseball growing up, and uh, Patch was more of soccer in the summertime. Um, and then, yeah, everything at school. You know, we played badminton, volleyball, basketball, football. Um, but hockey was still number one, but I had my growth spurt a little late. So when it was that time that he was talking about making that decision, I. I, um, I, I, I thought I was too small. Um, so I made the decision to be a golfer and, uh, and I, I went hard at golf for two to three years and got pretty good, but not, not quite good enough to, to be at the top of the, the, you know, like, um, national level or, or even provincial level at that point. So I kind of went back to hockey for a couple of years and, uh, and yeah, had some fun. Played on a drummer's team um, in junior B in Calgary for our last year, and uh, yeah, played some decent hockey. I, uh, yeah, I kind of, kind of, there's a there's a little bit of regret in me that didn't that didn't you know just trust that I was going to grow at some point and and stay with my my number one sport. But uh, but yeah, we still get to play together now. We we're playing a league, uh, a beer league in San Diego right now. Yeah, first time I've ever played on a, a team with Patch, and uh, pretty much obviously the first time we've ever played with Dale too, and and Braden's with us, so it's it's cool that we all get to play together finally, and and still enjoy um, all of our all of what was our dream back then, and and know that that this was also a dream, um, this music thing, it just uh, it wasn't at the forefront. Yeah, and we won a championship just last month. Nice, congratulations! Thanks. Mm-hmm. Did you guys drink out of the Stanley Cup? No, they just actually let us hold it, and then they took it back. We didn't oh, even get to take it oh, to the dressing room. Just no. a touch. Wow. Good old beer league. Wow. Do you guys ever like aspire to sing the, the Star Spangled Banner, like for definitely, yeah, Super Bowls? Hire us up, man. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. totally. Like get the uh, you should Anaheim hear Ducks. us kill that song. Uh, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, Three part harmony. The, yeah. Oh, uh, and like, can't you guys go to the, the L.A. Kings and? definitely you know, the docks and mm-hmm. just wherever padres yeah yeah have you guys no we haven't I not don't. for big things we've we have sang uh maybe twice or three times or something like that for events but not for big sporting events yeah we'll get there it, it just kind of came to our attention that we should be doing that it's a good good way to get our name out there yeah the the woman who sang every flyers game lauren hart right is, is built a career from that yeah yeah there's and almost in every city, there's an example yeah. like that, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's another aspiration you guys could yeah, go for. Yeah, for sure. Just the sky's the limit kind of thing. Indeed. Yeah. Okay, let's go back to music for a little bit. And, um, Do you want to hear a song? 
Is it time? Yeah, let's time. Your Star Spangled Banner. No. <laughs> curious how uh, how we should hold these. I guess just let us know how yeah, it sounds. Just let it mic. It's, it's I think it's probably pretty loud enough, and like probably oh, yeah, we'll be there, loud. right? What do you want to hear? Maybe like feeling groovy or something like that. Shotgun. <laughs> is that is that like the where you're yelling? I want to hear a song where you're yelling. Oh, yeah, I'm screaming. Oh, screaming in that one. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm a I'm a little bit of an extremist, so the, the louder the better. I like my music loud. <laughs> I'm gonna blow the headphones. That's okay. That's okay. They weren't. You serious about that? I don't know if we've ever done that on acoustic. Skyler? I played the clarinet and kind of stopped there. What's that but fender doing on your wall? In yeah, there? that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> a, uh, a kid that I've coached for many, many years, he was giving me guitar lessons during pre-COVID. Then COVID hit and his mom wouldn't let me come over. Oh. And I just have trouble learning via YouTube. Uh-huh. I'm not one of those, like, hmm. I was just... My hands are... I'm still waiting for my growth spurt, too. <laughs> so my hands are like, you know, I can set a volleyball, but like, you know, I hear like, my hands are big enough to play guitar, and then I start playing guitar. I'm like, they sure don't seem big enough, and it's way harder than I thought it'd be. How about that? It isn't It isn't that easy, is it? It's, no. I've been on this it. a long time, and, and I'm painful. still not that good. Yeah. Your, your yeah. hands are getting worked, and yeah. I work with my hands. Yeah. And like just pressing and, you know, your wrist cranking up. and These calluses. Yeah. Yeah. Permanently there. I got really soft hands on and I'm going to keep it that way. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. Yeah. No. Soft, soft setter hands. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You guys need me to hold a mic or anything? I think we can just do it. Yeah. We sing loud. It's all good.
tell you what is right and what is wrong Just follow your heart As long as you know that we are alone in family sing that early that's a tough one to sing yeah before yeah 3 p.m yeah i bet no mommy made me mash my m&ms or anything <laughs> right into it like that's like me just trying to hit a ball as hard as i can without a yeah. warm-up exactly. like, oh shit that was a bad idea <laughs> just pulled some yeah that, that was amazing thanks that was amazing you guys just like gets me fired up. I feel like I can go out on the ice and hit someone, you know? <laughs> nothing nothing gets yeah. me more fired up than like that, you know, national anthem. I know. You know, you guys are skating, rocking their skates back and forth. The and tap. The video. And like, yeah. Yeah, got, yeah, like I feel like you guys can be like Nashville Predators. You got kind of like country music vibe right there. With Smashville. Like the Nashville Predators, and you roll out with the yellow Predators jerseys. Like, Pride of the the predators, you know. That'd be fun. Yeah, greatly. You know, we might end up in Nashville one day. You never know. I've never been to Nashville. Have you guys been? Mm-hmm. Yeah, our first recording studio experience there was with Leonard Skinner in Nashville. Cool. Yeah. My, my parents said I'd love it. It's all just like this strip of live music. Mm-hmm. And just bars it's and super like fun. Bachelor party. Heaven. Yeah, yeah. Talent everywhere. Yeah. I mean, musical talent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and with that comes <laughs> yeah. other talent, exactly. of course. Yeah. yeah, that was amazing. That was amazing. <laughs> You want to Thanks, see more? Man. Yeah, we could do one more if you I don't want. Know. It's up to like, you um, if you and Groovy are a leader of the band or something. I'm like thinking, oh man, how am I going to edit this on Audacity? Because it's going to be like the vocals and the, yeah. like, might as well sing another one so I could get sure. more practice. <laughs> Easy. And where are you guys performing tonight? It's called the uh, the Fallbrook uh, Hilltop Spiritual Center. Is it open to the public? Yes, it is. Fallbrook. Okay. Yeah, they're selling tickets, center. but there'll be tickets available at the door. Yeah. Okay, show up. What time? I think six o'clock. Doors open, and then we play seven to nine thirty or something like that. So if you guys are watching or listening, and you live in Southern California, Fallbrook Spiritual Center, Hilltop Spiritual Center, yeah, Hilltop yeah. Spiritual Center in Fallbrook. In Fallbrook, doors open at six. Mm-hmm. Just show up, buy a ticket, support the gang. Yep, you betcha. Be about one hundred and fifty people there. Our last show in Fallbrook for a while. It could be better because it's a little quieter. 
Much quieter. Okay, what song are we going with now? Some classic. Simon and Garfunkel. Alright. <laughs> I think it's called the 59th Street Bridge Sound, isn't it? Yeah. Not feeling groovy. Who knows why? show man i'm spoiled (laughs) it's like you know have you guys ever been to savannah georgia Mm -mm, never never been over there so my parents bought a house there a beautiful place called the landings club they got golf and pickleball and (laughs) uh you know their own gym and six golf courses tennis facility and pools with slides and you, you ride around in a golf cart i'm sure we could arrange some where you guys go and you could stay with my parents that sounds fun yeah, ride around in the golf cart, mm-hmm. play some golf, pickleball. Music. And, uh, he just bought a new Corvette, so if you like to run fast. <laughs> we do. Yeah, and um, we're trying to figure out like a house swap. You guys should go to Savannah. You know, downtown Savannah is super fun. It's got like a lot of history, and they got ghost tours, you know, the Civil War. and They have one of the biggest shipping ports in the country outside of, I think, like Miami and L.A. Mm-hmm. It's like super populated with tourism year-round. And they have maybe the coolest thing, the open alcohol policy. So you just pop around with, you know. Love it. Yeah. So you guys, seriously, they came to Coyote one time, watch you guys play, and they were loving it. That's, like I said, sweet. that genre of music. So we'll have to go to Savannah. Yeah, you'll go to Savannah. Some live music spots there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the ton. The tourists, yeah. Just within the community itself, Mm -hmm. there's a huge population. I don't know the numbers. Um Cool. A lot of gray hairs and retirees. It's not a retired community. 
It seems to kind of be our wheelhouse, honestly, Skylar. Yeah. They usually pay the best, too. That's true. I think that's why I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to create a win-win. You yeah. know, my parents get like a, to host you guys, and you guys get to show around, um, tour around Savannah and, and the Landings Club. It's, it's really cool. Uh, adult Disneyland. Beautiful. Yes. Georgia, you said Savannah, Georgia. Yeah, southeast corner, right, right south of Hilton Head. We were just talking about Georgia. That it's, it's uh, worth, it's worth a visit. Yeah, one of our favorite bands, um, Zach Brown Band, is from there. Yep. And they pretty much made the career there. They didn't leave Georgia until they were, they were huge in Georgia. And by the time that happened, they were huge in the country. You know, like I hear really good things about that area. Yeah, you're going to Savannah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I can't tell if you're you're super pumped or emotional about like kind of what's happening here um how emotional are you with like kind of moving on in life uh, like singing yeah maybe that's just the blue tint in your glasses that I'm <laughs> yeah that's why they're on <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've uh i've cried some tears and um and uh and i'm i'm excited about what's next i mean i was I was in the oil business for 20 years and I got to retire from that. And now I've been a musician and a rock band with my sons for six years. And now I get to retire from that. And um, I, I'm pretty good at sort of um, reinventing myself. And uh, and now I get, to, I get to do it again. And uh, I'm excited about the businesses that, uh, you know, have kind of secretly been growing and, and, um, and they're ready to explode and they're, they have greater purpose and greater benefit, uh, so it, it feels good to get up every day and and uh, and you know be making a positive difference in uh, in decentralized food and decentralized infrastructure and decentralized banking and currencies. Um, you know, it, uh, this is all like two hundred year plan stuff. This is not for me. This is planting seeds for you know maybe maybe the boys grandkids will will benefit from some of the things that I'm doing kind of thing but yeah no, I'm I'm excited about it but I'm also crying about it yeah, yeah. as you as you should be it's yeah. it's truly like some of the most special stuff that mm. people get to exist and yeah and you know just understanding having perspective and knowing that you know is awesome and then yeah well how could you not be grateful right as as a as a father playing in a, in a rock band with his two sons. I mean, uh, you don't, you would never cry over it. The ending of that you would, I think, you know, all the energy comes from, wow, I, I, I actually am one of the luckiest people in the world. Yeah. So that's, you know, there's not a lot of sadness in that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, just a couple more questions here. Again, this is the daring greatly band. And you've been listening to Into the Blue Zone, a plant-based production. I have a question that I've been asking to all the podcast interviewees. Uh, key to life. What is one key to life? And then I'll, I'll continue on with the challenge I have for you guys. Yeah, I, I would just, uh, I would say that, that personal individuation uh, the sovereignty, the loving yourself, the healing, the, I mean, all of the, everybody talks about saving the world, but the world is saved when each individual shows up and do and does their own individual work. The key to life is looking in the mirror and taking all the responsibility for that. Do your job. Do your job. 
show up. It's like the team, the team philosophy, right? Yeah. If everyone does their job, the team's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's like when one person starts, when you start thinking about him and you're not doing your job or right. I'm thinking about you and not doing my job. That's mm-hmm. when it kind of breaks down. Yeah. And, and that includes a whole bunch of stuff like eating right and exercising and staying in top physical form. That is just as important and relative and, and relevant in all aspects of life, not just being part of a hockey team. <laughs> yeah. Oh geez, um, I think as a, as a singer and an artist um, and one of the lucky ones who has found like a calling uh, at a young age. A, a lot of friends and people my age are still even, like even just getting out of college don't know quite what to do, and I think it's kind of my responsibility to perpetuate the keep looking for that and don't settle. So I guess a key. To life for me is to make sure that every day is full of passion and, and something that you love and something that makes you happy. Yeah, I guess kind of building on that um, would be um, curiosity for me. I think that's I think that's one of the biggest keys is making sure that you're curious every day you wake up, curious what kind of person you can be, what what passions you might pick up that day, what people you might meet that day. Um, yeah, just an, just an openness to being curious all the time. Yeah. You guys display a tremendous growth mindset, whether it's through learning about troubled band dilemmas of the past or teamwork through sport or, you know, resilience from your dad yelling at you in sports as his (laughs) coach. My, my dad also coached me for many years, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in baseball, soccer and and some hockey and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I, I think those are all amazing things and staying open-minded growth mindset and, and just loving what you do, right? If you, if you love what you do, you never work it a day in your life. My grandma said, and mm-hmm. I think we're all super fortunate to be in that boat. And that's why we're mm-hmm. happy guys, <laughs> whatever happy means we're I feel like demonstrating it right now for the public. And that's super special. Mm. Uh, do you guys all have like Instagram accounts and we do. And then, so the, everyone could follow you. Yeah. Daring greatly banned. First and foremost, go follow those guys. We're just picking up some speed on Instagram now, which is cool. We've been up on our game in terms of Braden Terry, our drummer, is just a hard worker and and just an awesome guy um, in terms of he's been managing most parts of our business. And and he's really been coming into his own in terms of uh, how good we look online and how we present ourselves. You know, it's pretty professional and, but also organic and everything comes straight from us. So yeah, go, go follow Darren greatly. And my, uh, page is called patch Kroom. And I think yours is just Liam Kroom. Mm-hmm. And I think yours is just Dale Kroom. Nice. Dale Kroom 69. Is that what it is? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I thought that's what I saw. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. And then, yeah, I was looking online. Your, your website looks amazing. So thanks. That's about, Props to Braden. Yeah, it, it looks super official, and you guys have so much cool gear and merchandise that you're getting out to the public. That um, just stay with it, stay with it. Thanks. And and Dale, I saw you. I don't know about you guys. I kind of clicked your page on Instagram, and it was more just informative about the band. Dale, you kind mm-hmm. of went off a little bit on like a little blog. And mm-hmm. before we get into this challenge, I just want you to kind of go in. You were going on it a little bit, you know, a couple minutes ago as like sustainability and whatnot what what's your blog focused on and you guys know i'm plant-based vegan and um for me it's been just such a 
transformation for me in, in many different aspects, whether it's disease prevention, which wasn't really at the forefront of my mind or mm-hmm. physical fitness and just overall health and energy. What's kind of your goal in, in that blog that's on your Instagram account that I saw? I, I think it's, uh, again, that individuation and, uh, and it shows up in a whole bunch of ways, whether it's uh, healing from past traumas to, uh, to reading uh, a whole bunch of different uh, perspectives from Carl Jung to, to Thoreau about decentralization of power. Um, it, um, so it's, it's all of that. It never gets political because I think we can transcend that silly conversation. Um, and, uh, and even uh, because I was in the corporate world for so long and I was uh, at the board level and the C, uh, like chief executive officer level and the president level, um, you know, what can we do to, to stop the, the ridiculous rhetoric of um, shareholder value trumps everything? Um, and, uh, and we're moving into greater understanding of ecosystems the way nature is told us, uh, taught us, and how do we bring that wisdom into the boardroom or into the corporate setting and uh, through circular economies, greater purpose, greater benefit, uh, knowing that return on investment and community responsibility are not mutually exclusive. And, uh, and so principles like that um, uh, it, it makes it fun to get back in the business world. I mean, there's lots of um, uh, new business leaders. I call them next generation leaders uh, who know that um, that we can be a lot better. And we call it stakeholder capitalism now. And the environment or the planet is always a stakeholder. And, uh, and it's just a stupid business plan if you can make millions of dollars, but there's this massive cost to the ocean or the earth or the planet. That's just a stupid business plan. Uh, we, we can't afford to be stupid anymore. <laughs> no. We've been stupid for a long time. <laughs> yeah, we were talking before we got on, uh, you know, about the documentary Need to Grow and how we're running out of uh, nutrition mm. in, uh, in the soil mm-hmm. and how soil value is depleting and, mm-hmm. you know, you were talking about 200 years from now. It sounds like the next generation after us, like 30 years, 40 years from now is unfortunately going to, you know, feel some serious repercussions and have trouble figuring it out. If we ourselves don't keep taking action. Sure. What's fun is that, uh, so food specifically, and, and you started there. I mean, imagine the, the snowball effect. If, if um, if the general population just wasn't consuming poisonous food, uh, that alone that we know the science uh, between the connection between gut and brain and emotions and nervous system, the three brains that we have when, when you start reading books and turn off the television, there's a lot of great information that's absolutely necessary to know. And I think it all starts with just get rid of all the poison in the food, in the information, in the water, all that kind of stuff, but just get rid of the poison. Do you mean poison such as processed food? Yep. Yep. Totally agree. Yep. And herbicides and, and, and And the pesticides. The news is poisonous information. It's not physical poison, but it's still poisonous. I haven't, I've never watched the news. Yeah. And, you know, it's, saw my there's no point to watch it all the time. I said, yeah, yeah. No, there's, there's absolutely no point. Yeah. 
Yeah. It, there's no facts anymore in that. Um, it is personal opinion, talking heads, and propaganda. So my guys who are more my age, are you guys, you know, pretty focused on good nutrition, fitness? Yeah. Yeah. It's not a, of what you're eating. Definitely. Yeah. Every year that goes by, we get a little better with that, obviously. And, but being raised athletes as well, we were taught some pretty yeah. good nutritional things, you know. But at the same time, uh, we got Canada Health teaching us that uh, you need, like on our um, food guide in health class growing up, they're telling us we need to have a certain amount of meat, dairy, grain, yeah. and last but not least, fruits and vegetables every day in our and it's just so ass backwards, man. Exactly. So we're we're having to uh, break some agreements as well, and you know we have the uh, odd McDonald's here and there, and the odd In and Out, but um, for the most part, we're pretty good, and we got better and better for sure. Yeah, it helps that we're athletes too, because that that part has never been a problem. Staying active. I mean, mm-hmm. even even if we do eat a lot of shit, we we, we find a way to to uh, burn it off somehow. But but it still doesn't feel good in your mind, and and obviously the repercussions that you said have your brain and your gut. So. Yeah, every 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 day we're having these conversations more, and and, uh, and we'll definitely be at a place where we're our best selves at some point. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. Just well, happy we'll where we are and yeah. eager for more. Right. I mean, yeah. it's, there's no destination to anything. I mean, I don't think you get to some place and you go, "I'm awake," or you don't get to some place and go, "I'm healthy," or you don't get to some. I'm the place best and go, I could be. I'm a genius. Yeah. It, there's no place like you just draw the line and say, "Okay, I'm done." I'm not going to grow. I'm not going to work at this life anymore. There's no place like that. Mm-hmm. I think You're that's never a, healed. a huge excuse for a lot of people. They just say, uh, it's who I am. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, then who are you? change right? it. Yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow's a new day. No, some days after driving back from practice, I'm like, wow, that was a great day. Just reflect on what a great day is. And for me, if I could get to that saying, like, that was a great day. Yeah. Just try to do that as mm-hmm. often as possible. Mm-hmm. What else matters? Honestly, yeah, besides here and now and today. Yeah, just, yeah. just got to get to that. That was a great day, mm-hmm. you know, at that eight o'clock, nine o'clock hour for me, for you guys, maybe after your shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's okay. more like 1, 1 a.m. for yeah. us. Yeah. That was a great <laughs> night. That yeah. was a great night, you know. Okay, last thing, then I'll let you guys go. Um, so as you guys, we just talked about food a little bit. Here's my challenge to you. Either individually or together, you got to eat. It's called the plant-based challenge. Crazy name. One meal a week completely plant-based i wouldn't be surprised like the other answer that i need you already do it mm-hmm. yeah cool and you if it is one it. we'll make it two or three there you go there yeah. you go you know I've, i had someone do it and then i kind of responded and i'm not going to say their name and followed up like hey how's it going and like i'm sure he's busy he was the, the founder of nixon watch mm-hmm. um so yeah. maybe mm. maybe he's not doing it maybe he's busy <laughs> i don't know it's like, yeah i, I can think. do that it just brings everything into better balance for sure. I mean, I don't know if we need to go around planting flags everywhere um, and, you know, dying on hills and stuff like that because you don't always want to be defending a position. Uh, but the way you choose to live in that balanced state, that's, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of light in that. And so I appreciate what you're doing too, Skyler. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you so much. It's, um, it's been an awesome whatever time, hour, hour and a half, and more importantly, probably the last four five, six years that you guys have been in San Diego and I've been following you and I would come home from practices and my buddies who were my roommates at the time was like, dude, buzzing up to Coyote, like quickly get changed, you know, it's 7.30, you guys are only on till 10. I'm like, mm-hmm. just catch one hour, the Doobie Brothers and one mm-hmm. Blackwater verse. Like, I'm super stoked on that. So Thanks, man. I will, um, 
we'll have to sing Blackwater another time. I'm yeah. sure we all got lives and things to do right now, but I'll, I'll let you guys get a little more famous. There you go. Blow up a little more yeah. and then come back and we could sing Blackwater together. So cool. We'll work on it. Yeah. yeah. Cool, cool. You got the high harmony? Um, I'm in. Right <laughs> or the low one. Take me by the yeah, hand. I can go anyway. Pretty mama. We'll hold on. <laughs> we'll practice before yeah, we know. Hold on. Like, I feel like uh, I was getting pretty fired up right there. <laughs> okay. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Love thanks guys. for having us. Kelly, and, much uh, love thanks too, for give a little wave. Cheers, guys. You guys got to w- witness uh, you know, a live performance here in lovely Lucadia. So good luck at the Fallbrook Hilltop, Hilltop Spiritual Center got it. tomorrow yeah. at Humphreys. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday at the La Jolla the Wine, Wine, and Wine, Wine and Art Festival. Yeah. Yeah. Dale, Absolutely. sing your heart out, bud. Cheers, man. All right. Appreciate thanks, it. Cheers. Guys.